Stella. Funny Stella. Running amidst the trees. Who's there? I said as I stood in my head. And nobody answered me. The pricking of my thumb, something fringe-witty this way comes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is Bruce. <laughs> John. John is just amusing himself over there. Yeah. All right. Shall we try this again? Okay. <laughs> this is Bruce. Once more with feeling. All right. I guess we we'll have to wait for John. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like you got your pulse down, Bruce. We can just edit that in, and once John you know, collects himself. Okay, this yeah. tries again. This is Bruce. This is John. And this is Blake. This is Trab. This is Jay. Welcome to the Fringeworthy Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week and every week for the Fringeworthy Podcast as we explore strange new worlds and other dimensions, places where mankind has never gone before, except he's already there because it's an alternate world. This week, we're talking about places that may or may not exist anymore. In other words, how does the Fringe Pass connect to universes where Earth never existed? Or doesn't exist anymore. If you're going to randomly generate a uh, Tamerlan portal, one of the very rare choices is a no-Earth, where the ring station sitting on an asteroid happens to be in the same orbit. To the second question, which is, what happens to a portal if it's on a world where the Earth is destroyed? John, what do you think? Well, I mean, the portals are more or less indestructible. So, I mean, the ring stations are... Portals have a protective area around themselves, about four feet. So it's quite possible that you have a ring station sitting on a block of, of rock or dirt or whatever, about four feet in size and about four feet deep. And that's about it. Everything else is like debris at that point. No, wait a second. I, you're suggesting that the portal would protect that four feet of dirt. That's true. I'm not sure that's necessarily true. What, what do you think, Blix? Um, yeah, I have to agree. And, and I would even take it further that, um, you know, because then you would think, okay, what happened to the earth? Did it blow up? Was it hit by something destroyed? Well, just why don't you go through the possibilities? It doesn't matter though, any of those, because no matter what happens to the earth, whether it's blown up or hit or whatever, the portals, as we've discussed before, they resist changing their, um, their location rather vigorously. The one thing that they do is they orbit the sun regularly. So they must be programmed to orbit at 93,000 miles per second, 93 million miles per hour, whatever the orbit speed yeah. of the Earth is. That yes. orbit isn't consistent either because the sun is in orbit around the galactic center and the galaxy is moving. So right. Earth is doing right. a three-part corkscrew through space, never in the yeah, same but, place twice. But the portal is too. And, but what it does resist is movement from that pre-programmed orbital change. Well, how so does, I think how does portals, it know? Hmm? How does uh, it know? I don't know. The uh, system no is, is smart enough to know this. It can detect when there's things that are obscuring the portal or causing the portal to become unstable. So, yes, it would know if the planet blew up. I think that it would protect the chunk of rock it was sitting on. Uh, and even if it didn't, it would be floating in space. I don't think it would deviate from its orbit. I think it would keep the same orbit of where it was on the Earth, maybe changing slowly over time. Uh, maybe they would fall more in line with each other. But I think the, the, the portals would, would all still be there and intact. Okay. I disagree. I don't okay. think it protects that spot at all 
And so it would have to deal with the whole idea that we normally do with warps, which is to say, okay, where is there a stable spot for me to go and put this portal on or put a warp on? If you're just talking about a ring station itself, okay, all right, you might have a big dust cloud or a big rubble pile that this portal will now end up in the middle of because it's just going to get pulled together with gravity. And then it would end up putting a warp on the surface of it. So you could have a kind of a loose rubble field, even if you totally vaporize a planet. Okay, unless every bit of the planet achieves orbital velocity, it's going to pull back together again eventually. But it may not pull back together again in any kind of a way that is like a planet. I mean, it's more like a rubble pile. Like an asteroid belt more than anything. Well, it could do that, sure. But it, I'm saying is it could be a dust cloud that condenses, slowly condenses over millennia and may in a couple million years actually form a new planet. It could become gaseous because the gases would be the things that would be most likely to get blown away. Unless, of course, everything got converted to something else. Like if, if some kind of specialized transmuto ray hit the planet and converted it all into hydrogen, then you could have a little mini hydrogen planet, a little mini Jupiter. Let me try to bring it back. We need to basically make two decisions here. Okay, We don't have to worry about the warps. The real yeah. important thing at the beginning is to say what happens to a ring station. Either a ring station, once something really catastrophic happens to the planet, grabs on the nearest piece of rock and, and rides it out, or it ends up flipping around and ending up probably in the center of the, the remains of the planet because that's where the, the main point of gravity would be, and there wouldn't be anything to keep it from basically falling to the center of the planet. It does like to ride a few inches above the surface, doesn't it? Right, right. So doesn't it like detect the surface and then move itself to be right. a few inches away from that? Right. There's a third possibility, which is that it would once, once the planet broke up, it would be treated as if it was any other piece of matter, and it, and it would be accelerated and possibly could be flying through the solar system heading out to intergalactic space. Hmm. Is, okay. there, is there any chance that it might, yeah. jump to the, might jump to the nearest planet? Well, that, that goes into what you want to say happens when, that, when the planet breaks up. Will the ring station try to find a solid surface nearby and then go to that and use that as its new anchor point or not? That's one of the big questions. There's another question. Bruce, yeah. you brought it up that the canon is that the, that the Termellern are interested in alternate Termellar homeworlds, which right. in our case is Earth. My question is this. Something hits the planet and suddenly it's a debris field and it's congealing back into a planet. But it's not like Earth and it probably won't be when it gets back together. Would the Fringeworthy system say, well, that's not of interest anymore and shut down that node? I don't think it would. Well, it's still Earth. I mean, it's still, it's the remnants of Earth, and it's it's like an alternate historical. The history was the planet was destroyed. It reformed into a new planet. It was Earth at one time. So I would I would just chalk it up as an alternate historical. Yeah, is there's also the possibility that by the point this happens, there might actually be a star-faring or a space-faring or star-faring civilization that originated on Earth. And just because the Earth is destroyed doesn't mean the culture or the, the biological uh, individuals that we're talking of wouldn't still be around for the Tamelans to interact with. If you're going to randomly generate a uh, Tamelan portal, one of the very rare choices is a no-Earth, where the ring station sitting on an asteroid happens to be in the same orbit. That sort of sets a precedent that the uh, ring would sort of stay near an asteroid, near where Earth used to be, to say... This is what happened in this particular history course. But just about most everything will leave the ring station alone, except for one method of destroying the Earth, and that's with a black hole. Black holes will eat ring stations. Right, because they're made out hmm. of black holes. They're made out of the energy from three black holes and a neutron star. Yeah. yeah. And I'm made out of the energy of a sun. You're made out of the energy of a sun. Because it's made from a black hole, it doesn't mean it has any properties of the black hole. 
I understand that, but I'm just saying is is that that's the amount. And 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 frankly, uh-huh. we've never explained what happens when a station gets disrupted by that. There might not be anything left of the solar system after that thing puppy goes off. Yeah. Well, I think the black hole entering a black hole. Yeah, that's kind of a you know game ending situation there as far as yeah. Roll up, roll up your next character outside of the event horizon. Right, but what I'm saying so, is that assuming that that it's not actually a black hole, but but the energy equivalent of a black hole, uh, and there's three of them, which means it's four times solar mass at the minimum. Therefore, we're talking twelve solar masses plus the black hole mass that just came in. That's probably enough to create a nebula. Yeah, if I understand correctly, all the mass would just join the first black hole, and you'd have like a 13 or 14 solar mass black hole. That's one possibility. And healthy to be standing. It would be that. Right. That, that would be the simplest, least uh, explosive result would be just all of a sudden you've got this really big black hole compared to what was there before. It wouldn't be uh, not explosive. Actually, it would be very explosive. But it would be explosive in, in gravity waves and crap like that. It would, just, it would destroy the solar system in the process of doing that. And at that point, the platform redials and says, let's cut, grab a new alternate world for this, bang, and, re- and resets that world at that point. That's what happens with the platform. <laughs> well, I would think at that point that the portal would stop working entirely. The ring station destabilized completely, so therefore I don't think you'd have a connection to the, to the platform anymore. What would be a really cool effect, which would freak the players out, is you actually have a platform with no portals on it, only the ones, you know, the, the big portals. It would have no little portals on the prime node. Or you'd have rings where the insides of the rings are clear. Are they're not clear. They're, they're right. not black anymore. Honestly, for effect, I like that one because that makes everybody go, what? Yeah. You know, and, and then you know, you know what's going to happen. Idet's going to want to go out to the system and set up some kind of – you know, find another planet. Except the system somehow. also has all clear stations. <laughs> now they're really getting interesting. Something with four solar masses exploding, that's a system ender. Well, I know, but, but I'm just saying that it would, be, it would be really cool to have one where you went onto the Prime and all the portals are, are – you can see through them now. And then you go up to the system, but one of the planets is still intact or, or maybe the, all the other planets are still intact. And you know, that would be a good mission for them to go out in space suits and set up like a, some kind of telescope system or, or maybe get some kind of you know, higher tech – satellite into orbit. If only one system's working. It's the portal sitting on Eris out in the Oort cloud. And that's the only one working. Oh, yeah, right, right. Okay, you, you've got these worlds, and they're orbiting what was originally a single solar mass. Now they've got 13 solar or, or 16 solar masses in the center. So they're now spiraling down the drain, so to speak. I don't know how long it would take to happen, but they would all be on their way in to join the central mass so you'd have a really heavy radiation zone. and The zone would be ripped apart, uh, and that itself would, would probably clear out the system at that point. And, and actually, never everything would be spiraling down, things would be thrown out of the system as well. So Jupiter would probably be thrown out of the system, maybe, and Mars, bye-bye. You know, it, 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 how you would destroy a system, and therefore, at that point, you really can't go there. So that actually defeats the purpose of, this, of our conversation. Not entirely, because what I was suggesting originally wasn't that we'd be destroying the portal. Okay, I mean, we're, we are talking about a really large-scale ultimate situation where you have a wandering black hole coming in. And I can't imagine that happening more than like once in the entire system. Most of the time, something wandering in, hitting, another, hitting the Earth or something like that, it's not going to destroy the portal. Either the portal would remain with the planet, which would now be very altered, but then it would also uh, – and it could be putting a, a – a ring, a warp on the top of it, or uh, there's the other possibility, which we also talked about, which is the planet explodes and the parts achieve orbital velocity, and so you now have a ring station clutching to some chunk of rock flying away from this uh, from the planet on some parabolic course, uh, quite possibly out of the system itself, and so you come out and you find yourself out in the middle of nowhere. The Earth is destroyed, but not because it blew up. It's because it hatched. Right. <laughs> yeah. okay. I like um, that. It's a great old science fiction story where the plants are actually right. eggs, and they hatch into energy creatures. So, yeah, the portal's on the is on the shell that was left of the of the hatching. Another possibility would be that the portal would relocate itself to the moon. 
if the moon was still there. They come in and they disintegrate the Earth because that's where all the people are. And there's nothing left except dust. Well, you know, the moon's the next biggest, and not much of that. Most of it's been converted to energy. Well, then you've got the moon still there, and the moon's going to still hold itself in the same general orbit as the Earth. Depends on where the moon is in its orbit at the time when, this, when the planet gets disintegrated. If it's in the wrong place... It would go flinging off, too. Yeah, it's basically the space of 1999 on you. Yeah. Okay, well, the point still is is that you would have the portal on the moon. Yeah. That's a very strong possibility for an adventure is where the portal is on the moon and it's flying either through the solar system or it's where it was. I mean, you know, there's a lot of possible or it's heading, you know, it's heading toward the sun. Go. Most probably you, you've got a really strong parabolic orbit that's uh, right. spiraling around until it, it does something stupid like hitting the sun. Or, right. But that uh, could take millions of years. What could the years. players do about that? What, here's what here's the, the adventure. I got it. I got it. Look. It's on a planet. It's in a timeline where they have an actual moon base, and the Earth has just been—I don't know—sucked into like its own little vortex thing, like in uh, the last days of Krypton. And the moon is now spiraling, circling on it. It's spiraling its way down into the sun, or off into space, either way. And the portal you went through has malfunctioned. You have a, a time limit of some kind where you can't go back through it, or you're going to go back through it in, in a shortened period of time and you've got to save the people on that base somehow the problem with that is is that of course you can't carry them through if they're not french worthy unless you're able to freeze them to solid ice yes and then they would count as objects and you could walk them back through but only if you had some way or maybe thought someday you would have a way to recover them they have the ark but the ark is missing a gizmo that was still on earth when earth got turned into into guacamole or whatever right so yeah at that point, you're going, oh, well, let's see. Maybe we can, maybe we can find that. Maybe it's actually going back out. It's, it's a scavenger hunt at that point, going out there and yeah. trying to find the gizmo. To, to activate the art so the people on that moon could get away without getting killed the fight. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah, or, maybe, or maybe the adventure would be that the, those people had discovered like the cure for cancer or, or something like that. And you can't save them, but you can save that data. Uh, you know, and, and perhaps maybe that's the adventure is, is trying to or save their history. You know, maybe or download their brains or download yeah. their brains or something like that. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Onto what media they won't get erased by the um, a really <laughs> cool CD. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we had the ability to to break up files and, cha- and and then patch them back together again. You know, long before you know we had. When we had floppies, I mean, just, you know, we could do it on CDs, too. You're talking a stack, no, no, of, DV- he's talking a stack of DVDs the, si- the size of the moon. <laughs> no, we're not. It's technomagic. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not. I mean, we, no, no, no. the brain supposedly has less than, like, 16 terabytes or something of storage. Sure, but in what format? Well, it doesn't I mean, matter. Listen, listen. The, the point is that if you can record it properly, you can put That's it onto a te- file. The recording part is one technomagic. A storage media that can go through the uh, portals is another. No, it isn't. Any seed, burnable CD can go through the portal. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I got it. Listen, they, there's something that they've been working on that uh, is a future storage device, and it's basically a, a crystal, and it records – it's like a crystal cube, and it records information in 3D. So any point in that crystal in the 3D grid holds information. So it's not just on a flat surface. Now you've, you've gone – in three dimensions instead of two. So uh, they're predicting that that will be able to store a boatload of data. So maybe it's something like that. I mean, a technology that we haven't come up with. That, that, that I'm saying that you know they're in the future, they have a moon base, and they're actually able to survive missing the Earth as the moon is floating away from the Earth you know, for a period of time. You know, perhaps they would have this kind of, of memory storage by then. Maybe they have some kind of way to download their brain already, and, and you just have to carry the device through the portal. You know, maybe right. it's... Um, some kind of organic cell or something. They have a small rocket. They're going. They're going to shoot it off into space and hopefully, you know, get someplace and someone will recover it. But during the process, right. the rocket blows up or breaks up or something like that, and therefore they have to give you the cubes. And then they're going to sit there and watch the sun get really big after after a while and die horribly. But that's you know beside the point. <laughs> Listening to the Fringeworthy Podcast.
Well, okay, but we're getting a little far afield from our original yeah. premise, which the possibilities, as far as I can tell, are the portal relocates itself to an, another planet, either the moon or Mars or uh, even a, a chunk of the Earth that's left, and it just simply rides it in, into whatever new orbit that yep. exists. The second possibility is that it just stops working. You, you, know, you just don't have a portal there anymore, and if it's an alternate, that means that alternate doesn't work anymore. But if it's on a prime, then even if all the portals on the prime go out, you still have the system platform and the portals that are on it. That would chalk up to how big the destruction is of the Earth. I mean, if it's something where it gets sucked into a vortex, like Vulcan in the recent Star Trek movie, it didn't affect anything else. That planet Spock was on, Delta Vega, was intact because it just right in. Now, if it's an outward explosion, you're going to be taking out parts of the system, and then some of those system portals will be wonky. Right. Let's say the Earth... It's gone. Now, do portal stations have to be on both sides? Or let's say the portal on the fringe platform could just generate a warp on the other side. Does there have to be a portal on the Earth's side in order for a warp to be generated? We've been saying up till now that, yes, there has to be a portal. Okay. All right. Okay. Gotcha. I think it would be good for the gym to have a story straight about what's going on here what the special effect of the Fringeworthy system is, how it works, and why it's doing the things it does. Even though these aren't terribly well explained in the books, the basic principles are there. The Tremelern want to see the alternate worlds that reflect their home world, which is Earth. I don't know if it would just go ahead and say, well, well so much for that alternate, and, and switch off, or as John said, redial and pick up another alternate or or something like that. Um in the way I was running it, yeah, there would always be a uh, ring portal on the other side because it was programmed to do that, but it's not made of anything. It's it's warped space. It exists because it exists there. It's it's, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. So it doesn't have a, an existence per se. It exists in space there, and so it, it's, it's not like something could break it. You could just express enough energy at it to convince the system that it needed to, to put that portal somewhere else or something. In my world, uh, all the warps are actually displaced from buried ring stations, so yeah. which were intentionally buried because it was on a world in which there was a problem where the people weren't ready to, you know, to be mad or something yeah. like that. And the idea was eventually that when they, they did join the Commonwealth, they just dig up that ring station. Now they would have a proper ring station to use. Ah, okay. I had ring stations hidden, hidden behind like uh, holographic cave walls and things. Yeah, you could do that so too. So that people could. But uh, yeah, I thought the uh, the warp was kind of an emergency backup system for when a uh, ring station got covered. So if a ring station was underneath an avalanche or, or the building was in collapsed or something, then the warp would form so people could come and go. It would do that too. Yes. Yeah. But you could do it intentionally to take advantage of the fact that it will produce yeah. an invisible warp, which you could then okay. place in an area that's a little bit more to your interest, like the middle of a city. Yeah. Yep. But it yeah. doesn't have to be that way. You're right, Jay. What do you think of this idea? What if you know Earth is destroyed, completely vaporized, um, and we know that the 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 portal system is intelligent? Would it? Could it be conceivable that the portal system would eject that node out of the system, just destabilize it, and then connect the other two together as if it was never there? Because the fringe pairs are a matrix. It's a, it's a mathematical equation. So if Earth ceased to exist and Earth is the central focus point, could the system then trim the fat, per se, just say, well, this node is no longer important and, and cut it from the system and just stitch the other two together as if it was never in there. Well, you could do that as long as you didn't think any of the alternates were important either. Well, that that's true. It just, I guess it depends on how important yeah. you, you put the Earth emphasis, you know, the actual, the prime emphasis. If I were running such a thing, it would grab one of the alts and reroute the node 
And what I mean by rooting is, I mean, the prime platform digs for an earth and roots in it and then grows the rest of the node out from there. I'm saying it would re-root in an alternate in that case. Yeah. If it had to, I would say also that it would tend not to change unless something pretty extraordinary happened, like the entire yeah. Earth vaporized and, and the solar system right. disrupted or something. Yeah, so, right. I, I agree with Jay there. Let's say that the entire solar system is just gone. You have eight alternates. Now, this is a computerized system, a very advanced computerized system, but one nonetheless. I think the Termelon would have put in redundant features to say, okay, this entire solar system for this prime Earth is gone. Pick an alternate. That gets reprogrammed. The system builds seven more uh, platforms on this alternate. It's the new prime. Oh, there's an alternate Earth missing. We have billions of them. Just pull that. That replaces that one that just became the prime. We have a new prime and eight alternates. Or the problem is the system is has basically the system is that smart, but it has one little problem. It's now in lockdown mode, and therefore it now needs permission to do that. For the for the lockdown, I would say that it would just lock all the new portals. If you're going to do that, and I I like the idea of it trying to conserve the portal. I mean the, the the node, but see if you grab one of the alternates and then you make it a prime, then you also have to reconfigure the system platform and all the star platforms because they now have to point to that new alternate uh, universe, mm. not just. Oh yeah, good one. It's yes. understandable because the generation of these platforms are all from the prime. It's the prime, eight alternates of that prime. The right. star system mm-hmm. of prime, and then eight systems within forty so, light years. So well, rerouting in a new, so rerouting in an alt would be essentially a whole new platform anyway, a whole new right. node anyway. Right. You would right. have a whole new platform, and that alternate, now being the prime, its universe would take over and overwrite the previous system platform and star right. platform. Mm. Right. I don't have a problem with that because it's not destroying the. This worlds. It's just not connecting to them anymore. It's not really a big deal. From the platform standpoint, the only thing it's changing is the coordinate, a number, a mathematical equation. Nobody's dying. Nothing's being destroyed. It's just no longer going there. I think in an alternate universe, okay, say we have a prime world, and then uh, for whatever reason, it becomes untenable. So you go up to one of the alts and grab that one and, and root a new node in that one, you need three black holes and a neutron star. So that's going to disappear out of that reality. And, you know, I don't think, I don't know if Earth astronomers would notice unless it was really close, like Cygnus X1. Where did Cygnus X1 go? It just bars a little bit off the black hole in the galaxy. It would have to take the energy to make the new node there instead of patching in from the original prime universe. You see what I mean? It, it could recycle them. Yeah. Well, that's true. The energy would still be there. Yeah. If the original portals weren't destroyed, they're still there. And I, I can foresee the system going, oh, okay, spit out here. You know, basically take them, from the, take them where they were and put them someplace else. Right. It's, re- uh, it's basically it would recycle all the black holes in the system and just shift things around. Now, yeah. There is one problem with the automated system doing this. So we have a fringe ray team on the alternate of the uh, on, no, actually on the system platform on Mars, when this when Earth gets blown up, the system decides to reset, and bye bye goes. I think it would wait until all the fringeworthy were back before it did that. As a safe, oh, you said it's automatic. You said it's automatic and doesn't care. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, no, just because it's automatic it doesn't doing, mean it isn't aware. We also have it doing a paradox lockout. Remember? Yeah, yeah that's true. It won't let Fringeworthy do things that are paradoxical. So right. if it's well, going to move to an alternate universe, I think it'll wait. And if it's taking too long, it might ping them and go, you need to urgently return to the ring now. You know how certain problem portals drag back after a set time. It'll just we're back on the platform. Whatever you, whatever you were doing. That's an awesome adventure right there, John. Check it out. Look, they're on one of the alternates, right? And all of a sudden they appear in the middle of the platform. And they're like, what just happened? So they go Back through the platform, they go back through the portal, and it's a different world. Yep. And then they have, you know, maybe there's some way to, to piece these clues together. Like, oh crap, the whole prime was destroyed. 
you know, maybe there'd be some way to, to figure that out. And that would be the real adventure. But what I was planning on doing in my uh, campaign was if an alternate became popular enough, visited often enough, and got enough traffic, that it would be peeled off into its own no. That the system would go, they're, they're visiting this one too much, we need to pay more attention to it, and make that, that a prime of its own note. Okay. Which is where I started thinking about how it would do this spinning off, things like this. Right. I have two things to consider here. One is that if the world, since we basically are agreeing that the, the fringe system is not intelligent, but it is aware... If the people on the planet have actually become a star or space culture, they have settled on other worlds and or some kind of a spacefaring thing, to suddenly cut this universe out of the system when it could have been part of the Commonwealth, I don't think that would happen. This okay. would have to be a world in which humanity was gone. I mean, you literally had, had taken out whatever life was there. My second point is you need to answer the question of the node-building machinery. Is it built into every node, or did it build the node and move on? If it did, then nothing can be done about these nodes other than shutting down a bad ports. I would tend to leave that in the individual GM's hands, but again, you're having to get to a point where you're getting your story straight about how the fringe system works so that you can keep the story internally consistent as you go on with your own campaign. I was of the opinion that the system included in itself all the machinery it needed to propagate itself and maintain itself. Well, but maintain itself with, is is one thing, but yeah, I mean, to completely to create itself may not necessarily be the same. In, in my campaign, I, I would have answered, no, it, it, it can build new nodes of it, if it perceives a need. Right. But... And, your answer is absolutely just as valid, and it fits with what you, with what we're seeing, with uh, Termellon having to go and fix broken portals and and try to patch together the system that was actually the service ducts for the big system. Right, but but the, both things could be true. It could be that yes. that machinery is there, but it requires somebody with you know system mm-hmm. manager access in order to initiate them since the war happened. Uh huh. Bridger has said that at Tumelon we're able to, well, redial a portal, which means that the ring station on the alternate world gets moved to the new world, you know, to, to, to the new, new universe. Uh, so that, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so you can recycle. So the, as long as ring station is not destroyed, you can move it to wherever you want to if you have the right, right access level. Also, in the existing platform charts, there is an example where you go through a portal and you see a roadway that goes a couple miles and ends in a big flare of, of energy. There's some damage, some, some major nodal damage that is in existence in some of these portals. You'd think they would heal it. it you know, it, it's something that major had happened and it hasn't. Uh, that would have also been do, done using weapons on the same technology level as the fringe path itself. So who knows what in the world could go on there. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying there's an example where a roadway is ends in a shear and a in a in a really warped piece of space. That's something really bad. So but this but the system hasn't fixed that and it hasn't nipped the node out of existence. Either it's okay with that or it needs some operator parameters to do that. Operator uh, input necessary. Eventually, the fringe-worthy people, explorers, I think, are going to have that access, and they're going to have to deal with some of these major, major type things. Fixing, fixing problem portals and stuff like that, you know, uh, especially when the, 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 the Libya portal will have to be fixed because it's just too damn dangerous to use. There is one possibility as far as the damage to the Earth or destruction of the Earth that we haven't considered. That is actually in keeping with our history. During the Temelloran War, some of the Meller may have actually used the big system to grab the Earth and hurl it into another Earth in another alternate or node. Yeah. So it literally vanished from that particular universe. Mm-hmm. Ick. Yep. I mean, there is a possibility to have a surgical removal of the planet. Yep. And in that case, the moon, you know, the moon is off doing its space 1999 bit. All the pearls are now are in another universe. You know, would they still maintain their connection? I would think not. I think under those no, extreme circumstances. If they're, not, 
if they're in another universe, the connection would automatically, I think, be yep. severed. I agree. Eight dead ring stations on that world is it because once you rip it out of its time space, I would think unless you know the error is you know unless you put it in another universe or what you say um, the Earths were collided. Yeah, like two in the same physical space. Well, then both yeah. would be destroyed. You know, right. that's that's physics. Two objects can occupy the same physical space. Well, they'd be next time. to each other and they just blow into each other. You know. Oh, okay. Oh, you're forcing them together, like smacking two eggs together. Oh, yeah. Then they're totally just using their relative velocities against each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's say everybody from Earth has to leave because Comet's going to hit the Earth and it's, it's easier to pack up some arcs and get out of there than it is to stop the Comet. Maybe, or maybe it's a rogue mm-hmm. planet and it comes and hits, destroys the Earth. Boom. And then, you know, these arc vessels go and they find Earth 2. And they set up. Now, is the fringe system, was it set up to seek out human civilization or was it sent out to find the third rock floating from the sun? Because, you know, that's two different ways of thinking about it. If it was sent out to find the human civilization, and and we can imagine it's smart enough to do that because it knows to give you the language of the predominant people, what the predominant uh, society speaks – so it is constantly monitoring what's going on on Earth. And it's, not only is it just monitoring, it's monitoring humans and what they're saying. It's smart enough to track humans. So could the system detect that there are no more humans on this, in this space, but it, there is another planet where all the humans went? It could conceivably, in my mind, relocate that prime to this Earth too. So it's just a matter of concept. You know, how does the system work? How does it know or how does it define here comes the air quotes earth? Okay. Well, that's that's a good question. It could be uh true that it could follow. I would say that if that is the case, then there's a possibility that when you get to T prime and you find out that the planets aren't there anymore, that it, uh, a, an advanced enough Earth civilization campaign, they might be able to reprogram this the system to go find them and uh, reattach themselves to the Tamelaran homeworlds. Unless, of course, the Tamelaran already anticipated that possibility and programmed the system to not let you do that. Didn't the Tamelaran move? Physically move their planet elsewhere in their universe. They yeah. picked up T prime and just said, "Okay, we're moving at eighty light years to the left." Right, they did. Okay. They they went to it. They, they decided they'd go to another solar system and create a new fringeworthy, you know, nodal system there where they didn't have to deal with the people that didn't like them anymore. <laughs> okay, um, take our ball and well, go home, so to speak. Yeah. The well, portals, the platforms are still there at the end of Team Prime. Are they? They just yep. lead to nothing now, huh? Well, that's the question. That's, that's really that we're still talking about the same thing. What do they lead to? Compare T prime to Earth. Okay, it's a completely alternate world mm-hmm. with uh, different kinds of people. Right. But it zeroes in on that different on that different world with different people in the same rough position in the universe, and says, "Hey, these people might want to come and play in the party." So uh, the the goal of the system is to find people who want to come and play in the party. So it's not like a geological uh, exploration device. It's not looking for Earth as Earth. It's looking for a, a planet with people on it who want to come and join the big Commonwealth party um, or might want to in time. It's always been tied to Earth. The, the prime platform has always been an alternate Earth. Whether it's T-prime, which, which is one alternate Earth, it's always been tied to the third rock from the sun. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be the third rock. It could be the sixth or seventh rock. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's just it. When you get to a point where it's that different from T-prime, where, it's, where the system started, which is the system's zero point, right? Right. And how, how different is different? And how far is it going to go? Because the next question was, uh, you know, in a setting where Earth never existed at all, humans came up out of somewhere because they exist in that in in that place. Then the place where those humans first evolved and came into uh, it came into civilization 
would be close enough to an alternate of Earth to draw the fringe platform, in, in my opinion, because it would be looking for people who could come and play. That's a very good question. I don't know the answer to that because, as you said, if you have a divergent enough universal generation where you really can't identify where Earth should be, would the fringe portals system even bother to attach to that universe? I would mm-hmm. probably say no. I would. I could believe that it would attach to an empty Earth, or okay. you know, uh, a solar so system that's closer, that closely, that that's, that somewhere would be in that area. So it it is the physical resemblance to the sun and the earth, yeah. or rather, T prime's sun and T prime's planet, that then has people on yeah. it. It so doesn't necessarily up- have to have people on it, but I think yes, in the way that it would it would fall within the idea of this is us. This is our stomping ground, whether or not there's people there or not, because it could be a world in which Homo sapiens no no intelligent life ever appeared. Right. Yeah. I, I had one, of, and it could look just uh, like Earth. I had one of those in um, in my campaign. Yeah, and don't forget one of the alternates on the Earth Prime node is a solar system where we have a, a close binary to some. Uh, the UV will kill you on that world if you if you if you go there because there's so much UV coming in. But there's life. There's other primes, the Turtle Planet, which I think we replaced with the Victorian world in this edition. Yeah. The highest form of life on the planet were turtles. Ah, okay. Okay, but it was Earth. Ah. <laughs> it's also Squid Earth, which is Earth Mark One before the moon was formed. A mild deep ocean that, on average, highest form of life is our mollusks, a.k.a. squids. Right. Squids are a pretty advanced form of life. Right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, Bruce. Yes, sir. On, on that world with the turtles, was it a TPK? I mean, being that they were all ninjas and stuff, you know. Oh. <laughs> That's why we had to replace Arr. them. Nobody could beat them. They had to replace them with the Victorians. They're pussies compared to the turtles. Okay. Well, at least until they it's get like the, the cannon. But. The, only reason, the only reason the party survived is because they came with pizza. That's right. Oh. It was a turtle party kill. Oh. <laughs> no, that's what happened to their fringeworthy explorers. Oh, yeah. But Mary's oh. turtles all the way down, though. <laughs> ah, the wonders of the ability to edit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that rattling sound is me nodding. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've kind of covered this, have we? Is there something more that we guys haven't thought about? Isn't the portal rooted to the physical world, the physical earth beneath it? No. Uh, it floats no, it above covers. it slightly. Yeah. So the system can detect where the earth is. And basically, station keeps the ring about a few inches away from it while it's crazily spiraling through the universe with all these different vectors it actually has. If you had a thin enough sheet of paper, you could slide it underneath the ramps. We discussed this with Richard. If you had a, a ring station on a planet and it's sticking up out of the ground, and you, it, therefore it has a pylon. And we said, okay, well, does that mean if we dig down, there's going to run into a, a plate of tamellar steel that the pylon's attached to and that's, that's underneath the ring? And he said, no, it's just held in that re- relative orientation to the ring, and so are the ramps. It's all basically all held together you know, by some kind of force. The pieces are, are not actually connected one to another physically. Yeah. You could dig a tunnel underneath the platform. I mean, you not could, the platform, but underneath the you ring. Could dig, you could dig a whole crater under it, but the, the, yeah. the, whole, the whole thing would tend to float down until it was at its normal separation from the dirt. It would float down like a very, very large snowflake, but very slowly. But you could dig out underneath the uh, pylon, for example, and it would, it would lower itself down mm-hmm. to us but but if it ever got completely underneath the ground i think it would just stop and just hover there because like i say once you would dig it out it's hovering and it will slowly yep. move at that point but it will it will move yeah which means okay, it's- um something else i i just looked here in the on page 64 of the d20 edition of fringeworthy and we were talking about well is it always third rock from the sun or the sixth or seventh planet 
If it were the sixth or seventh planet, I believe it would be under the category of alternate astrophysical. These are the worlds where Earth might have been, everything from Earth in an orbit around a binary star system to the very rare no-Earths where portals are mounted on an asteroid that happens to be floating about where Earth should have been. Right. Typically, these are Earths that are formed within plus or minus a million miles of Earth Prime's orbit around the Sun. The Sun doesn't change, but the solar system will be radically altered. Differences can range from a similar Earth with no moon to a Mars Earth to a super Jovian inside of Venus's orbit. I would think the so, whole six or seven yep. rock from the Sun would qualify as an alternate astrophysical. Okay. Yeah, it, seems, it seems like it specifies there that the Sun yep. is the anchor point, that it's always looking for that star in that particular place, in that particular orbit, and then what happened to it subsequently. Right, because the solar system formed from this star exploding, exuding gas out, the gas solidified into planets, and then, you know, the planets each formed different. Right. Everybody knows the great Gildersneeze sneezed it out of his nose one day. <laughs> I, I thought it was a mutant stargoat. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, excrete on anybody's view of how the universe was formed. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get... Oh. Keep your tentacles off my creationism, please. Well, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and do that. I'm saying that how the Earth, I mean, it could be, it, it was a random particular way that this particular configuration ended up where, hey, third rock from the sun, this planet is here, it formed like this. In another universe, how Earth was could have been the seventh planet or the fourth planet or, you know, whatever. Right. And it, so that yeah, would all be alternate astrophysical. The paragraph you, you read said the sun doesn't change. And so to me, that implies that it's always looking at the sun as its anchor point. And then you see variations on what might have happened in terms of the planets forming around the sun. Right. And yeah. if there's too much variation in the um, galaxy, then I would say they probably wouldn't even bother to connect that universe. Right. So it's, it's all about soul. Saul. Saul. Oh. Yeah, it's all about Saul. If it's too different, if there is no Saul, there is no, there would be no node there to begin with. It's just right. That's basically it. Just would not form a node, a prime node there. Right. If that particular star never formed, yeah, they'd be like, um, no, next. It's too different. Not of them are populated. Remember, there's a lot of primes I've read in the portal books, and considering the campaigns I've been doing, I've had to read through a lot of the portal books. Mm -hmm. Um. They were mining from the get-go. Now, the Termeller neither could have terraformed them. Well, they would have been wiping out life if they wanted to change it to a, a mining planet. But they would have picked that mining, that particular Earth where no life formed. We're going to use this as a mining planet. Oh, this one has no life on it that we found. We're going to terraform yeah. it and turn it into a, a farming planet. So yeah. I don't think they were looking necessarily for population. They were just looking for worlds that would be useful for them based on their needs at the time. Some oh, of them, some a, of them were used used as giant chemical vats. Right, exactly. Oh, we need a place to store and process chemicals. Oh, this earth looks fine over here. Right. Let's put it as a prime, so we have eight portals to, you know, travel around it. The more destructive uses of the planet are typically Commonwealth uses. The Termelon were more eco tree huggy friendly type in their in their uses of worlds. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see them as as wiping out an ecosystem to suit their needs. They would just rather find an Earth where there was no ecosystem and then use it for a non-population-based yeah. thing, such as mining or agriculture. Yeah. They'll leave the indigenous creatures alone and see how they develop, and maybe, you know, a million years down the road, hey, look, here's this commonwealth. Come join right. us. But a lot of things could have happened in the last thousand years. That's yeah. Once the commonwealth fell. Yeah. A lot of those eco-friendly worlds, they could have decided to do some strip mining. That's true. You know, also there's probably worlds, too, where they've dammed whole rivers. I mean, basically dammed the Mississippi and used it as a, as a fresh water storage for someplace else. The stupendous project. You know, three rivers in China is nothing compared to what the Tumela could do in terms of stuff like that. <laughs> Okay, so anything else on the missing Earth or Earth being destroyed? Well, we didn't really cover much in the ways of what you can, what fringery can do in those worlds, other than go, "Wow, that sucks." Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. They yeah. realizing that 
the earth was there or not and they might be able to postulate on what could have happened mm -hmm. but if it's on like a free-floating rock or the portal you know shifted to another world yeah it'd be a, a whodunit type thing well not necessarily because if they, something did happen where the planet was snatched away or destroyed but but not totally eliminated and they did have a, a solar culture then you still got system platforms that could have all kinds of people living on them you know, yeah. connected to. Yeah. So it's not an elimination of an adventure. It just means that you're not going to have the standard adventure where you go through the portal, all the primes, and have those available. You're going to be forced to use those system platforms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The reason we're talking about this is because this is a gray area. And so I would recommend to all the GMs out there that you do whatever is the most interesting for your players. We've talked about some of the variables and where the portal would be in a world in which the planets formed a certain way. But once the Earth has been formed, then you decide where the portals are. And then if that Earth is destroyed by one means or another, then it kind of comes down to you to say what happens at that point. You know, I, I would you know, recommend doing whatever is the most interesting to you. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so it comes down to six letters, GM Fiat. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rules in here about what happens when something happens to the portals. We've never had a rule about that. I mean, if someone managed to destroy a portal on a world, there, there's nothing saying, you know, what happens on the French path. We're making our own suggestion. Okay. You know, which is to make the, the ring turn clear. Yeah. And I think that's a good idea. I think these were all excellent yeah. ideas. And I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. And this is Blix. Remember, bullets speak louder than words. This is Jay. Keep it simple. The players are going to complicate it for you. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. This is Trav of the Travcast, Hour 3 of Blind Wolf's Rubber Room Association on DementiaRadio.org, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern.